Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is the Game Week 24 FPL podcast from Fantasy Football Community. Fresh off a record-breaking Premier League weekend for goals, where there's 10 matches involved. 45 were scored in total, with Phil Foden and Mateus Cunha hat-tricks putting them amongst the 14 players to get double-digit scores. I am Mark Jobling, and back with me after a few weeks of focusing on AFCON and Asian Cup duties on our website is Lewis, also known as FPR Reactions. First of all, hi, welcome back. How are you? Oh, it's so good to be back, Mark, and and just talking FPL. It's been so busy with um, with Afcon fantasy and Asia Cup fantasy, and I think obviously because we cover so many games at FFC, and I personally cover so many games, you can kind of get lost a little bit, and and FPL can get a bit a little bit lost. I'm just happy to be back and happy to be talking about FPL again. And that's probably because I had an all right week this week. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have you back, of course. And what you're saying there, it would have been quite easy to have got lost in those competitions and neglected your FPL team. But that has not happened for you because the last time we spoke FPL, we were heading into game week 20. And your ranking since then, it, it's been all green arrows up mm. from... 1.3 million to 456k it's good but i mean it, i mean like you you know it, all of his content creators and, and for those doing it constantly 450k is not a place where anyone wants to be okay i probably i'd probably completely written off or at least mostly written off my season the last time we spoke but you know how competitive fpl is these days you know it, it's very competitive especially when you kind of get into the top million you know they're all very good players so it's been nice, you know. This week in particular has has been has been quite good. Prior to this week, I came in around six hundred and something k. I think the biggest the biggest issue I think I wasn't happy with at the end of the week was the fact that I didn't stick with my Ricardo and captaincy. You know, I I wrote the the captaincy article over at FFC. I talked about a couple of different options: Watkins, Richarlison, and Harland. And it was it ended up being Ricarlison who who we kind of labelled as the best captaincy option. Okay, Watkins <laughs> went a bit mad, but I think I was on Ricarlison for such a long time, and there's always that there's always that nervousness around the early game, isn't there? I don't know if you kind of get that. Yeah, well, when we come to this week's captaincy later, I had the same factor in my mind <laughs> because it, it's a Man City captain her but they do have the early kickoff this week so it depends then whether you believe in that sort of thing it's it's one of those isn't it it's not just the whole like the whole gandhi thing yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's the fact that because it's the first game if you captain blanks on the first game in the first match you've got such a long game week ahead right it feels like you're sort of it feels like you've already lost isn't it it's only good if the majority is captain that player where, where Haaland's captaincy used to be, if it was at that level, then it's like, well, we've all suffered the same, but 
any other time, if it was a recent week where candidacy has been more varied, yeah, it would really have you sort of at a disadvantage from the start. I mean, you captained Alvarez for his two goals the other the midweek. Yeah, and, we got and the week many went Saka with the armbands. You you went for Palmer and he scored. Which, it's funny, but you should mention that because the the last three FFC captaincy articles have been in that order. The best captains, the standout captaincy for us over at FFC was Cole Palmer, and he outscored Saka. And then it was Alvarez, and he outscored his his kind of um, the the other options. And this week it was Ricarlison, so. There is a bit of a run there, I suppose, over at FSC with captaincy. It's just so annoyed that I, that I changed it off for Carlison to Haaland. And then I think I think I got a little bit excited um, over the fact that Haaland could be just sat there as a differential. And it turns out he was, but it was Foden who uh, who got the who got the brace. And I just I'm just so happy I had Foden. Well, obviously I had ha- I was happy that I had Foden, Ricarlison, and Watkins. That kind of trifecta of you know. Of pain for non-owners and, and, and joy for owners. So I think having those three was was kind of really important for the round, for the most recent round. Like having all three was just... Yeah, it was it was great to have all of them really. I, you scored 84 points, I scored 86. Um, I think the only difference was you started Gabriel's minus one. Yeah. And I had Consa's one, which... In comparison, feels like a success, but it wasn't a success because that 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 Villa match, yeah, it was it was like you say about the Twitter sort of there's a bit of Harland mania going on because yeah. I was passionately pro Watkins all week for the captaincy, I all week, even if it was unfashionable. But then one of our colleagues, Tom, uh, is an Aston Villa fan, and he, he wasn't quite feeling it for Watkins, and then pre-deadline everyone was tweeting Haaland board Haaland captains and I just I just went with that and really shouldn't have because as as really good as this week has been you know it was a good green arrow up to 41k it could have been better and certainly concert you know at the same time those Watkins assists were coming in concert was about to get a clean sheet and then got injured in the 58th minute and he's out for a month so as well as all the Blanks in game week 26 coming up, he's also injured. Yeah, that's annoying. It really is annoying, especially with the with the transfers are so precious now, aren't they? So, so precious. Like, and we're at a point where we need to really get a, a strategy in place. And obviously, we, we're recording before the carpet. We should probably mention that on the episode and that we're that we are recording before the, the Chelsea and Villa match. So, you know, there's, there's, there's still things that are uncertain. To, to both of us well that's it yeah. yeah it's gonna have it's gonna have a big effect on managers future plans with with chips and transfers this this one cup replay and then as well as that other things have gone on south korea lost their asian cup semi-final as as you mm. very well know so sun and Huang could make their clubs weekend matches depends what the managers think about that yeah i feel like I feel like they're both probably just going to come in and play, aren't they? You know, it's, Son always feels like that player, you know, similar to Salah, that will just obviously Salah's injured at the moment, but um, similar to Salah, where you would just know that if he was fit, he would just start immediately. Yeah, or like Saka when when the joke was that Arteta would play him even with the broken leg. Yes, I mean with Saka's funny, a funny one, isn't he? He, he just he's flagged at the moment, right? They've took it off, so even official have started to clock onto. Uh, the concert Saka's thing theme of being and starting. And then not only concert injured, but Anthony Gordon as well. One other thing was we found out post deadline when, when many had sort of given up on the idea and that it was announced that Liverpool and Luton will have a double game week 25 alongside Brentford and Man City. So alongside Tony, Ivan Tony, or, or a cheap inform Luton asset. Many of this week's FPL transfers will likely focus on on how to maximize assets in time for that double. What helps is that they both have very attractive fixtures this week as well. So you've mm. sort of got a nice home 24, a double 25. But the big difference is that Man City will play in game week 26, whereas Liverpool won't yeah. play this League Cup final weekend. So we I think we're in the same position where we both have Borden, Haaland, but no Liverpool. 
I believe, with one free transfer. Yes. What are yes. you thinking of doing? There's there's so many, so many things to think about when it comes to buying Liverpool players because again, you, you mentioned that they don't play in game weeks at twenty six and we we aren't gonna be using chips around this period, I'm guessing, right? No apart, I mean... apart from the potential uh, you know, triple captaincy in, in twenty five. Uh, potentially that, yes. Um, yeah. I did sort of do that thing when I was bored one night where I just looked at an early wild card and thought, is there a way to sort of dead end in 25 yeah. and then wild card without using a free hit in 29? Da, da, da. But it didn't it didn't really get very far, especially because yeah. this cup replay hasn't happened. At the that's time that's the problem, isn't it? And it, it, there's not only just that, it's that I, I also did the same as you, Um where I kind of had to look at the potential wild card, but using chips around those weeks, it, they, it kind of feels like it isn't worth it. You know, it feels like there's better opportunities to use it. So I guess it will just be a case of hitting our way through it. Or, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be taking hits um, through, through the next few weeks. So I don't think hits are going to necessarily be, um, something to worry about yeah but just going back to Liverpool assets I think we should probably talk about Trent because he's it's not looking good for Trent is it what are your thoughts on no. that yeah so he's the Liverpool defence is probably a bit better than Man City's in terms of actual <laughs> clean sheets uh, yeah. not so much the underlying stats but Trent is expensive and seemingly not quite fully fit because he came off for the hour mark at Arsenal when it was still 1-1. So there was no minute management going on there, was there? Mm. You don't take him off at that time in that sort of match. So Klopp's words would be very, very much needed, I think, by the FPL community. Yeah, yeah. It, It does feel that if you don't own Trent, it feels a little bit risky doesn't it go in going for him? So I think I think that's led many, including me, onto Van Dyke. You know, if you're looking to invest defensively, then I feel like Van Dyke could probably cover Trent. Obviously Trent has got more attacking threat, which is, you know, which is clear. It's obvious. But with Van Dyke, you 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 know for a fact you're gonna get three starts. You're gonna get you're gonna get was it 270 minutes with Van Dijk and but he, he does also have some threat in the box doesn't he from set pieces yeah he's, he's the also, defender with most headed attempts yeah and, and he's also a lot cheaper than Trent as well yeah that extra sort of couple of million could could really be the difference further up field so yeah I totally get you with with, uh, with Van Dijk he's, he's a sort of a decent compromise I mean I was yeah. sort of looking at so when you look at the fact that oh he'll play all three games, I would then look at Man City and sort of, well, possibly not Kyle Walker anymore because he is, as we saw, he's benchable now because he yeah happened. But you then think, well, he has the fourth game in game week twenty six where Van Dyke doesn't. So mm. it's even just deciding on buying a defender from either of those two teams. Even that is quite difficult to juggle, really, because one defense is better but one defence players more. Yeah, 100%. So I think defensively, the I think defensively the options for me it feels like as a non-owner you just you you go for Van Dyke and as a as a Trent owner you just keep it it, it feels like I'm not so sure if you agree. Yeah, well yeah, I saw Trent the other week for Estepinian and was kind of maybe not planning on bringing him back in and just thinking, well, at least it's a defender. Like there's not that many clean sheets going going on at the moment, so I'm not gonna tear the team apart just to get a double game week defender in, even if it is trend. But um, and Connor Bradley stepped in and, and did a fantastic job. So yeah. Klopp knows that he probably possibly could afford to be a little bit uh, slow with trend. 
over the double. You know, maybe Trent starts one, Bradley starts the other. And that, if that is the case, that would probably be enough to sort of justify not getting him. And as you say, go on Van Dyke instead. Hmm. So I mean, I mean, I've I've looked at Van Dyke. I'm I'm also obviously considering Walker because he started the last game, didn't he? So he have he he obviously had the issue, you know, kind of controversy controversy around him and his whole situation, and then he didn't start, mm-hmm. but then he started the latest game, didn't he? Yeah, it makes you wonder whether that was just just a one off, yeah, and and, pep, and like, he's going to play them from now on. Yeah, just sort of a message like, well, you know behave but also you are my first choice defender so yeah the uh i think he was st- he was in every single match before that yeah so, and i suppose you've also got best a, you've, you've also got to think about the manchester city defense as well when you compare it to to liverpool because although they kind of do have the extra game they also play they also have a worse double, I'd say. So they have Chelsea and Brentford. Worse from a defensive point of view anyway, in regards to I think that probably Chelsea and Brentford both score against Manchester City, whereas Liverpool could keep a clean sheet against both Brentford and Luton. So Well even even that, I mean the way Luton are at the moment, they've scored four goals in two consecutive games. Yeah. And and you know, Brentford, you know, just scored against Man City. So he, you could say for both teams that the clean sheet isn't obvious. Mm. With with Man City, there always seems like there's there's inevitable. You know, they kind of they're inevitably going to concede. I don't know if you feel like that. You know, when you're watching one of the games and you think, right, when is the goal coming? And yeah, it, and it just came <laughs> against Brantford. I was like, yeah, there it is. You just know it's coming all the time. You know, they 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 could be the best underlying stats for this, this, and this, but they always concede that goal. They've got one clean sheet in twelve. And as someone who owned Ruben Diaz earlier in the season, it was just it was just miserable because you just know that no matter how dominant they are, they'll concede. And if they're not dominant, they'll definitely concede. It's it's very frustrating. Since the opening two week ends, they've only kept three. And it's a nightmare and it would genuinely, yeah. when you add it to the fact that, as you say, those fixtures aren't nailed on anyway, clean sheets, I, I just happily stay away from that because there's the, the age old debate of how much attention should double game weekers get when there's a lot of single game weekers out there who, who also have good fixtures. So like, how much do you commit hmm. I think um, double game weeks, no. double, double game weeks are really good. They're really exciting. But I suppose when you throw in a blank straight after, they just get a little bit irritating to navigate, don't they? Yeah. They really so it's do. like, yeah. So they give you a double and then put a blank straight after, and it's a bit like it's it's slightly off-putting. It's 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 kind of annoying um, and, and and tough to navigate, and you have to really plan for them. Um, I suppose I suppose in overall, I think I, we should probably cover the fact that uh, we should probably cover the Liverpool attackers as well, right? Oh, the whole thing, yeah, totally because. Getting in either like Diego Jota or Darwin Nunez does seem like it should probably happen. But while they blank in 26, some of the popular midfielders like Palmer and Richarlison also probably blank in game week 26 as well. But there are so Mm. many good midfielders and forwards out there at the moment that it does sort of beg the question, how much do we obsess over the doubles and and? You know, how much do we stick with Saka, Foden, Michalison, all these guys who are just doing the job right now? That... Well, let's let's talk about Darwin first, because what what are your thoughts on Darwin at the moment? Uh we know the story with him. He he has an incredible rate of minutes per shot. Yeah. He's always amongst the most frequent, but he misses too many. And he well, you you'll have seen against Chelsea, he hit the woodwork four times. <laughs> That, that's so much it. That's, need to watch. That's him in a nutshell. But then at the same time, it's there's always something tempting about him. The only the only question is which which forward makes way because personally, it's not going to be Haaland. Probably not Watkins. He has the sort of the certainty and the fixtures. Possibly Solanke, but he doesn't blank in twenty six. And you know, for all we know, that that Luton game from December, the abandoned one. Well, for what we know, that could get slotted in 
some point soon. So yeah, well, it's it's possible, isn't it? I think it was. I think I saw that it was possible that it could go into game week twenty eight, which would then give Solanke a double of Sheffield United and Luton. So I mean, I, I think it's 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 not what Darwin's been doing that's putting me off Darwin. It's the the players that I would have to sell to bring him here, to bring him in. Now, Solanke for me, he's he's got mixed fixtures. You know, he's got Newcastle in twenty five, he's got City in twenty six, but then he's got Burnley twenty seven, Sheffield United, and Luton. And then you've also got to look at Ollie Watkins. So Watkins is the same. You know, he's just come off the back of an eighteen pointer. I would say every fixture is a good one for for Villa coming up. United, I'd say that's good. I'd say Fulham, Forest, Luton, and Tottenham are good fixtures too. Now the the issue with with Watkins is if you sell him, you're gonna want him back, aren't you? Yeah. So realistically, whichever striker you pick, Solanke or or Watkins, you're basically gonna have to you're basically using two transfers on them, right? For the for the for the schedule I had. Yeah, and maybe if if it, if your defense is sorted, there's there's nothing wrong with sort of maybe doing the quick sort of the quick one two combo. If you're planning a wild card around sort of thirty or something, there's there's not yeah. that many weeks left till that, so you you could focus on some short term in and out doing the hokey cokey sort of thing. But ideally, you wouldn't because they are precious. The transfers are hundred percent. And then we've just seen Darwin sort of not start. We've just seen him on the bench, and that was mm. with Salah injured. I mean, if we hear positive news on on Salah's status, that would change things. Are you even like if we hear that he's ready to face Burnley at the weekend, or should certainly be back for the double? Are you getting him back in? Well, this is this this. So first, I just want to say with the, with the Darwin Nunes move that has slightly put me off the the, the whole issue with Solanke and Watkins. Like, I, I really don't want to sell him. Holland's obviously an essential, so. For me, Darwin Nunes feels slightly out of the question. Um, although I, again, doing the kind of hokey cokey with him, it, 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 it's it's a realistic possibility. Now with Salah, he has um, a huge impact on my move, my uh, potential move for Yot- for Jota. I think if Salah comes in, it it kind of feels like it makes Jota a worse option for minutes. But also, if Salah is declared fit. Like I have, I currently have seven million in the bank, you know, to bring in the likes of Son or Salah if I wanted him. Probably Salah, if if declared fit, because we have got ten days until their next match. The issue with with Yotta is, is if I upgrade Chuck Wemaker, who is my fifth midfielder, because obviously I've got the the three four three. If I if I upgrade Chuck Wemaker to Yotta. Which which I've got the money to do, it then kind of rules out a move for Salah. That makes sense. So, hmm. like, there's so many there's so many issues for me bringing in Liverpool players. But the if you look at the Liverpool fixtures, Burnley, Brantford, Luton, they're ridiculous, aren't they? It, it almost feels like you have to you have to bring in one of their players or one of their attackers, let's say, because. Let's be honest. They're gonna, you know, Burnley, Burnley, Brantford, and Luton. They're all teams that are conceding two, three goals per match at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, it, it it's a tough one. The Liverpool attackers is is a is a is a tough one, um, especially if you don't own them. It's easier for those that do own the Liverpool attackers because they just keep them right. But for me and you, it's not so simple just going out and buying one. No, I mean, I'd, I'd be up for maybe getting Yota for Bowen as a short-term buy, but all that would do is cause a benching dilemma because the other seven guys are also well-owned with, with like, a scorable fixture. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, could get Yota for Burnley, but that would mean, like, what, Solanke gets benched? Or, I don't know, Watkins against Man United is pretty good, so... Certainly not going to be with Charleston or, or the Man City guys. So we've we've just seen we've just seen what um, owning eight attackers can do 
you know, it, a lot of people benched Foden in in the last week, and and yeah. honestly, if that was me, <laughs> it would be soul destroying. You know, to just see Foden sat there with twenty points on the bench or whatever oh, it was. Totally. Yes. So quite a few bench players score this season, but nothing like that. That was just, you know, at least at least when it's Cameron Archer, you can sort of. It's a different type of pain to Foden where you can just, with hindsight, be like, well, why didn't I play Foden? But it's tough. There's so many. If you've got eight good attackers, these these things do happen. So that's the only thing with like Jota. It's like, are you going to bring in another one and make it even tougher? Especially in 26, because, yeah, that's that's Palmer and Richarlison and, and him. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. It's not just obviously the double, is it? Like you just mentioned there, it, it's this week. And, you know, it, say I did make the move for Trick Maker to, to Jota, that would mean I would have to I would have to bench a player. And and, and, and like you just said, do, do I really want to bench Slanky against Fulham? Um, I'm not too sure. Like, no one's going to bench Watkins against United after what he's just done. No one's going to bench Foden after what he's just done, you know, Crystal Palace are awful at the moment. So do we really want to bench Palmer, Saka as well, Brighton, uh, sorry, Richarlison against Brighton, you know? So I, I think it's going to get to a point where someone like me or you are probably going to have to just accept that Liverpool are going to score goals against Burnley this week and and just kind of, not yeah. invest, or or we do, or we just we buy we buy him, and then we bench, you know, say a Solanke or a or a Watkins or a Saka or, or someone like that, and 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 just take the risk and and hope that that you know we don't have a massive haul waiting on the bench. It's just one of those, and it? it's a difficult, it's a really tough week to navigate this week. It's just yeah, there's an acceptance where it's like just fight fire with fire. Like Liverpool are probably gonna put a few past Burnley and, and, and those guys will get on the score sheet, but just have the confidence that, well, so will Richarlison. Like, you can't have them all. The Liverpool guys are going to score. Well, also my guys are going to score. So, so you could still get the green arrow anyway. So that, that's... Yeah, I think... And then I, the other thing with Salah and Trent is also that even if they were sort of fit and ready, there's a cup final on the horizon. So... Hmm. It's just taking no risks before a cup final would also kind of make it a no, but also the chance that they do play a game will hinder Jota and Darwin. So it's it's just a, it's a really Liverpool's a very it's it's a tough one to solve. I think. I mean, there's one solid pick there that I think that I could go to and be fine with, and that's Van Dyke. Yeah, he's just an easy move for me. I don't have to worry about his minutes. Okay, he doesn't play in twenty six. I could probably just resell him. Um, he's you know he he has frat. They could keep clean sheets. So I I, I just feel like he's 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 safe. He feels like a safe move. And then and then of course you've got the keepers. You've got Edison for Manchester City and, and Allison for Liverpool. If you fancy going there, I suppose. Yeah, because if if um if in game week twenty six sort of only had one defender playing, I don't know about you, but I'd be fine with that because the defenders aren't. Yeah, yeah, clean sheets. Like if if we're only gonna have nine men, at least have the full attacking seven out. Like I don't care if the defense is slightly low on numbers because they're not really doing it. Most of them, like this weekend, it was all just one point and minus one with Gabriel. Yeah. So. Yeah, so Van Dyke it makes buying him a little bit better because if he blanks, so what? You know. Yeah, I mean, he see it seems it seems like a boring pick, and I I get that. Like a lot of people are going to be listening to this and thinking, I really don't want to buy Van Dyke. You know, he's boring. You know, he's he's not got much potential. But when you're when you when you just want to look for a safe a safe pick, who's who's going to play? You know, all all the games, all the matches they've got had, then then I think Van Dyke could be a good option. And also, buying uh, say Van Dyke this week, you know, I, I wouldn't really be worried about one of my defenders hauling. You know, Esther Pinan against Tottenham would probably happily bench him. He might not even start. 
lumps you might start you know so I, I, I do feel like buying Van Dyke this week against Burnley I, I can see Liverpool keeping a clean sheet against Burnley whereas I can't see any of, of of my defenders keeping a clean sheet. I don't think I don't think Pedro Porro is going to keep a clean sheet. But obviously, he has he has potential. I don't think Brighton are going to keep a clean sheet. Um, maybe Arsenal keep a clean sheet, but yeah, I think at the moment this week where I'm seriously lacking is probably in defence, and and Van Dijk would not only bolster that, but he would be playing in the double game week as well. Yeah, and when it comes to Man City. We talk about fighting fire with fire. If if we're struggling to justify getting a Liverpool asset in for those reasons, could at least going all in on Man City sort of match that? Like some people are looking at an attacking triple up. Is that excessive? Getting like De Bruyne, Ford, and Ant Haaland? Is that excessive? Um, I'm not too sure. I don't. I I I, I don't hate it. Like I, I I like it. I would go there because. I think with with Manchester City, you're okay. You're going to be slightly consider. You know, Pat Guardiola is not going to set up how he did against Brentford every single week. He's not. He's not going to play. You know, all fifty of his attackers is he <laughs> like he did the other day? He's he's probably going to bench someone eventually. But you know, if you look at it this way, if, if as long as they're getting what 120 minutes each of them, you know, 90, you know, mm-hmm. a, a match and a feature. I think that's better than most assets in the game, isn't it? Yeah, especially when they're so relentless like this right now. That's five wins in a row as well. There's a chance also we might get lineup leaks maybe for that Everton game, uh, yeah, which could help with a benching dilemma. I, I don't know exactly if if Foden gets benched after a, straight after a hat trick, but if he was, that would at least solve <laughs> benching dilemmas. You never know with Pat. <laughs> You just never know with Pep. Uh, there used to be, always yeah. used to be inconsistency with, with Ford and starts. And before Monday night, it was very nervous as an owner of him because it was like, it, it's coming, it's coming. But mm. um, he's absolutely shining and he's just scored three times in a match. So so that, it's a close title race, man. He, Pep can't afford, I don't think, to just casually rotate players. I think yeah, I think you made um you made a really interesting point there about early lineup news because I think if Foden is benched, I think a lot of people who don't own Jota will will probably move, make a move for Jota. I, I mean, I certainly would. Okay, the the Salah the Salah thing's always going to be in the back of my mind, but the chances are Salah's probably not going to start both in the double. Like he's not even fit at the moment, you know. Um, so I think for me, if I would, I would probably hold on to my move as as, as late as possible when we get to the to the deadline, because again, Manchester City play first, which is massive, and we always seem to get team leaks around that time. So I think if if you see that Foden isn't starting, I wouldn't necessarily sell him. I wouldn't sell him <laughs> because obviously there's a double no. coming up. But I would definitely bench him, and I would definitely start a, a buy. Yotta, bring him in and start him ahead of Foden. Yeah, I think I would do that. Like if 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 for some reason he was benched, it would probably go Yotta for Bowen, start Yotta, bench Foden. Um, and then uh, it was, uh, uh, Alvarez is getting a lot of sales because Alvarez to Haaland, that seems to be the probably the most popular transfer of the week. But he is the only Man City player to start all 22. So maybe we're wrong to assume the rest is coming. But... Um, the rest probably is coming. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't really involved in the in the action, was he, Alvarez either? So, no. I mean, you've got the whole the, the whole situation with Harlan coming in, will Alvarez lose minutes and stuff? But he didn't seem that effective against Brantford, and maybe that's just one game, or you know, maybe that continues. But you know, I, I still think that those that made the Alvarez to Harlan move made the right decision. Yeah, it certainly paid off on Monday and it should even more so over the weeks. And then the other name that you haven't mentioned is Kevin De Bruyne. He, he he's ticking away the last the last couple of games, you know, he's he's got his assist and gone off. And owners will be probably okay with that. He's he's a threat, yeah. but as a non owner, like I feel like if somebody has to be sacrificed, I'm not the only thing I'm worried about De Bruyne is is this percentage of ownership rather than him himself. 
Mm, yeah, because I think he was, was he 60 or 70% owned? Effective ownership. Effective ownership, week. yeah. Yeah, which is crazy when you think about it. But I, I think with, with De Bruyne is, you know, he costs so much money, doesn't he? He's, he's now 10.8 million. Jesus, he flew up quick, didn't he? Yeah. 10.8 million. And I just, I just think that, you, you know, okay, we've all got plenty of budget, but, you know, two assists in his last two games, is, is that, you know, is, is that worth putting all that money there? Like, I'm not too sure. Like, obviously, he got the 12-pointer against Newcastle. Um, I'm not too sure if he's going to repeat that again. He probably could. But then it's difficult, isn't it? Because you've just got Foden, who... Obviously, it helped that Foden got, you know, 20 points in the last match. Does, yeah. But he also he also got 12 points against Sheffield United. He got an assist against Burnley. Okay, blanked against Newcastle. But, you know, he, he seems to be matching Kevin De Bruyne at the moment, doesn't he? Or at least, you know, for now. Yeah, I still prefer Foden as an asset over De Bruyne. But at the same time, if we're going into a double game week and there's a guy that you don't have who's on 60 to 70% effective ownership and knowing that they're about to play twice, that that's a scary one to go without because in those games, he is probably going to get at least 10 points, right? So that's that's quite a hit. Yeah. I mean, also, I suppose, with with the point, okay, yeah, we you know, we, he's probably going to play a lot of minutes as well, isn't he? You know, but I, I don't see I don't see a massive amount of goal threat with De Bruyne. I don't know if you feel that too. Like, he, okay, he's, he's really creative and stuff, but I'm not too sure if he's going to be scoring that much. And obviously, goals are everything, aren't they, in FPL for attackers? Yeah, they are. Uh, I watched the match with Brentford, and I must say I was never never felt that much in danger. As a non-owner, like yeah. he's brilliant at what he does, of course, and he's creative and he, and he got his assist. He, but in terms of goal threat, like I always felt that Haaland and Foden, and even Alvarez were sort of probably going to be ahead of him in in the goals. But again, there's a decent chance that De Bruyne comes in anyway, just for the double, just out of fear. But uh, the fear put the captaincy on Haaland last week, and that didn't work. So probably need to stop doing that. Yeah, I mean one more one more um, thing to consider is obviously Kevin De Bruyne is so highly owned, isn't he? That okay, it, it kind of makes you want to buy him, but it also kind of puts me off buying him. You know, if you brought him in, maybe you wouldn't gain that much from him. If that makes sense, points wise. Yeah, that does make sense because you know some managers would, would yeah use that as a way to say, well, I'm going to get a differential, and he's going to. He's going to outscore De Bruyne and I'm going to shoot up the rankings. And that's probably a, a good segue because we do our weekly differentials now, don't we? We do. It's not it's been a it's been a while though, isn't it? It has been a while. I'm not even gonna update on on our last picks because it's so <laughs> long ago. But uh yeah, the numbers are there, but it's, it's we're talking a different year, actually. So um who have you picked? Well, there's there's quite a few that I've that I've looked at recently, and I think I, I am torn. I'm slightly torn. I think a lot of that is to do with his recent massive haul, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Cunha from Wolves. Mm. Although I was gonna go Adebayo from from Luton, I think I'm I'm going with Cunha because. Wolves are scoring a lot of goals at the moment. Yeah, a lot of goals. I think they've scored fourteen in the 14. last four matches. Yeah, fourteen in the last. Was either four or five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know, which is really good. Um, and it's it's something that is really hard to ignore. And in real life with FPL as well, you know, you, you I have contemplated the likes of Cunha in my team. You know, the likes of Pedro Neto. You know, Nato really interesting option as well. But for me, Cunha, you know, he he obviously 
hit a mega haul in his last match. I just think he's kind of involved in in pretty much all most of the attacks seem to, to end with him as well. And yeah, the, the Wolves assets are doing really well this season, aren't they? You know, the Wolves attackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely well, flying under the radar. Well, we were thinking of the same two teams there because even though Barkley was in the consideration for me, Pedro Neto was was, was kind of my pick. Yeah, as well because of because of Wolves. I mean, both sides are high scoring at the moment, as you say. And Neto, I just I'm just a massive fan of him. I owned him before his injury. Yeah, he went eight successive games with an attack and return from game week three all the way up to his injury. And then he's come straight back in and he's already, you know, back in the goals, back in the assists immediately. He's in tandem with Cunha and Huang's just about to rejoin them as well. So, yeah, I really like this Gary O'Neill Wolves team and Neto. He's one of those players who, there's a few guys who did well this week who have just been really annoyed about not having, like, I'm really annoyed that my fifth defender isn't Branthwaite um, because for a while it became clear that he's better than Charlie Taylor, but um, but it's never a priority enough to bring in. Not having Garnacho, oh man. He's such, he's, do you know what? I love FPL this season and I don't love it because where I'm at in terms of rank, but I love the amount of options we've got and you know, you look at the Wolves assets, you look at Garnacho as well. To, to to say that we can't fit in a Garnacho who's worth, what, he's, he's priced at 4.8 million or 4.9, probably got a price rise. Oh, it's, it's tiny, it's, yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it, to say that we can't fit in some of these players. And it's really, and Cunha was another one, just like before his hat trick, it was just like, he's he's really settled in now and he's he's in great form and I could really do with him as third striker but mm. sort of a combination of other priorities and not knowing who would make way just means you, you can't have them all unfortunately but, but guys like Garnacho and Branthwaite and Cunha is just oh man you just watch them score and it's it's a little bit of regret going on there but yeah I, uh, think I saw a lot of um saw a lot of uh, 100 pointers on um on acts this week you know a lot of people had the you know the usual trio of Foden Watkins and Ricarlison but also either Garnacho or Cunha as well I mean I there was me really happy with three I'm not having four you yeah. know that would have been massive wouldn't it yeah it'd be massive um well done to everyone who did get into the 100 club because this was certainly as I say a record-breaking weekend so yeah this would be the week to get 100 points really um, I suppose I would have given a shout out to Ross Bartley as well because he's his career has been rejuvenated at the moment. He's got three goals, four assists in his last nine, and Luton just they're giving it a go. And I'm not just saying this because it was against Newcastle at the weekend, but you know, no, follow, I, I completely agree to follow the four nil against Brighton with this sort of fearless four four up at St James's Park. Rob Edwards has got them doing really good things. It feels it feels to me like with Rob Rob Edwards, he's obviously a really really good manager, but he's also got a really tight ship. You know, a, a, a particular system. The players know what they're doing. He's stuck. You know, he's stuck with it. It just seems to be working, and and totally agree in regards to kind of how Luton have been playing lately. Because I think they were. The last time I checked, I think they were they were in the top four teams for goal scoring in the last six matches. They could be even higher now. I imagine they're higher than that. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I ju- I just think that there's going to be a point where we we invest in the Luton um, attackers. Okay, I think they've got a double coming up, right? Yeah, well, they've got the same double at the same time as Liverpool and Man City, but. They've got the same blank as Liverpool and, you know, with maybe less appeal still. Yeah. But it's, what it's worth mentioning is they've also got um, a potential double in 28, uh, which includes obviously Crystal Palace and Bournemouth. So I think I would be quite happy to not own any Luton players, you know, until after 26 and then looking to bring in the likes of potentially, you know, Ross Barkley, Adebayo, 
uh, Doughty. You know, Doughty's been ridiculous lately, hasn't he? I think he's... Yeah. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure he's picked up a return in like all of his last five or something, or four out of his last five. So, you know, and he's only 4.5 million as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's... Well, he's a crushing machine. He's well, he's gone up to four point six now, just overnight. But yeah, mm. he's he's just as you said, like what's one, two, three, four, five, six, six games in a row. I mean, that is ridiculous for, for a Luton wing back. That is ridiculous, isn't it? Six yeah. returns in a row, and at a time six where... games, he's got one goal, four assists, and a couple of clean sheets. Yeah, it's insane. He he's obviously really good. He's obviously. Um, heading in the right direction, I think he's he's going to be one that I think a lot of people are going to look to because if they do get that double in twenty eight, um, and 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 if it continues to be an absolute disaster defensively at the back, you know, with, with some of the options, I, I I just think that people are going to are going to make a move for him. So I think you know it, I'm glad we've kind of touched upon Luton because there's probably people out there listening hoping that we did, and I think that. They are good options. I think, like you mentioned, Barkley. Barkley seems to be doing really well recently as well. Adebayo, he's um, he's another one. Obviously, Morris is on pans, but he doesn't feel like he's he's had the form that the other that the other guys have had recently. Um, but I could be wrong. In fact, I am wrong. Not, <laughs> he's not always been in the in the lineup. I don't unless unless that's a recent thing that he's got back in. Um, yeah, well, it happened. So he didn't. So he didn't start in game week twenty and twenty one, um, but he started in twenty two and twenty three and picked up sixteen points combined. So maybe he's. Maybe we have to kind of consider him as well. Who knows? But yeah, I think the loot and assets definitely worth looking at soon. Definitely worth a mention. And quickly before we go, we've sort of well, we have kind of touched on our plans for this week in terms of transfers. Uh, but what are you thinking with, with that and, and with captaincy? What's in the lead at the moment? Well, I think, I think we've, we've already discussed Darwin. I think we've, the fact that Darwin would require it. So Darwin means two transfers for me. So one to one to bring him in and one to bring him out. But it's not just that. It's the fact that a striker that I'm taking out, Watkins or Solanke could could really, you know, could easily do well. They've had amazing seasons and they've got good fixtures. So he he is a slight concern. Tran, I don't really want to touch because okay, his potential is probably crazy for the next three matches. But I also don't want to waste a transfer on someone who who isn't fit. You know, we could tell he wasn't fit because he got he got obviously um subbed. So I think the, my priority is probably um, la, la, kind of lies with Van Dijk and um, and Yotta, and if we don't, if we if we hear that Foden is starting on the weekend, um, I'm not going to give myself a benching headache. I'd rather just buy Yotta and probably ban Chester Pinan, who who's either going to start or play one half football. I guarantee it. <laughs> so for me, yeah, priorities probably Yotta. Again, until I find out if Foden is benched, if Foden is benched, then Van Dijk. Captaincy is really tough, though, for me because I don't, I don't know if Everton they'll play differently um, against Man City to what they did to to Tottenham because I think they tried to exploit holes in Tottenham's defence. Whereas with Man City, I think they're just going to set up, you know, with a low block and, and 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 try and counter. Obviously, Man City could score one or two goals, but. I don't see him. I don't seem to join him. So, which leaves you know it leaves other potential options. So, Yotta could be a shout. Obviously, the fact that he's not on penalties slightly worries me, and he's he's very much a form player, isn't he, Yotta? Yeah. Palmer against Palace. Now, I have considered Palmer, and I also like the fact that Palmer plays on the Monday night, which is the last match. It's weird how I like this sort of thing, but Chelsea play on the last match. Uh, the last day of the game week on the Monday. So I really like the fact that if I'm having a bad week, you know, I've still got potentially Cole Palmer to do to do well against Palace. And Palace are terrible at the moment, aren't they? So yeah, so yeah I think captaincy, although the armband is on Haaland, it could well be Ricarlison, Palmer, 
or, or Yotta. I think Carlison could be a good shot as well against Brighton um, because we know that they, they're not great at the moment defensively, although they did keep two recently. I just don't... I see that Brighton and Tottenham game being like 5-4. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Not quite that, but you know, like a goals galore game. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking that if it's, if it's not going to be Haaland, probably Carlison, but but even that's a struggle because no one else is really standing out. Everton are quite good, so don't see Man City steamrolling them, but I don't think it quite goes Saka at West Ham, not really. So yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one after that. And as for transfer, I'm kind of hoping in a way that, that Klopp hints that Salah might be back just so we can justify getting none of them. Um, if he yeah. adds chaos into the mix and adds a fifth player, then it can sort of justify not getting Yotta or Darwin and just rolling the transfer, perhaps. But uh, but it will be very tempting to get one of those two Liverpool attackers. We're just not entirely sure how or for who. Yeah, yeah. For me, again, it's all about the news that we got this week and and, and leaked lineups and, and and obviously team and injury news. It's it's a, a lot a lot rests on that. Um, but in terms of captaincy, you know, it's the early game, Everton. I don't know. I'm not too sure. We we know for a fact that Haaland's going to be over a hundred percent effective ownership. It's you know, yeah. We know that it's going to happen. Um, um, do we? Do we? Do we want to go into that game hoping Holland blanks? Probably not. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's, it's the fact that we get. You could potentially, if you didn't cut Holland, you could go into that game. You know, being scared of De Bruyne and being scared of Holland, Manchester City's two best players, <laughs> and uh, I'm not too sure. I'm not too yeah. sure about that. Not a fan of doing that. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you back. Lewis, after your absence there. Uh, thanks for your expertise, as always. And please make sure to check out FF Community's website, which embraces everything about the world of fantasy football, which still includes AFCON and Asian Cup, stuff like that. Give us a follow on Twitter, of course, and we hope you join us next time. Thank you for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.